0: So, I'm sure that some of you are thinking, what can I expect to get from this podcast called Sermonically Speaking? You might be wondering, what does that mean, and why would somebody choose to do the word sermon in the title? And the answer to that is an inside joke, which I will explain later, and this might be slightly redundant if you listen to the introduction. But it just kind of works for me, and I think that that's the point. But this podcast started for me uh, two in two very distinct and separate times in my mind, eight years apart. The first was in 2008 when I heard of Barack Obama. And the second was um, in November, especially late November of 2016, right after we, the American people, elected Donald Trump. I'd like to briefly detail those moments and say why I think that they're so important to me and why they stemmed, sermonically speaking, and why I think they actually matter quite a bit. And The first was that uh, in 2008, if you think back to the climate, it was an interesting time in the United States politically. We were at the end of the George Bush years. We were in a recession. And popular opinion in public perception, George Bush took a major, major downturn around 2005 or 2006. He won re-election, so he obviously won the vote that way. Um, but then in his second term especially, it was very, very common to just see him bashed everywhere. And I think that what is interesting about Bush is that when he originally became president and went up against Al Gore, you had this thing where Al Gore was sort of the science guy and George Bush was a good old boy Christian. And you had the evangelicals and you had Christians vote for George Bush. And it was really easy to do that over Al Gore it was really easy to, in the kind of the old school, the nature and the way of the old school creation evolution debate to say, okay, we got George, you got Al, we're voting for our boy, you're voting for yours. But at the end of that, uh, what I thought was very interesting is when we had Barack Obama running and, uh, In 2008, when he was running, I remember reading his book, uh, Dreams for My Father, and I actually listened to it, so I got to hear his voice and cadence and everything, and I was so inspired, and I was like, this guy is a a leader, this guy is hopeful, he's passionate, and I, I was very, like, I was honored to vote for him. And I realized not, he wasn't ever for everybody, not everyone voted for him. But I personally, in the wake of the Bush years, was happy to have somebody who was like younger, talked about the poor, talked about the oppressed, took all these things that I believed religiously, spiritually, and uh, socially. And he was really like, he was saying them, putting them on the conscience and you could feel it. It was like this tangible, palpable feeling of Obama being a leader. So when we, when he was elected, I remember thinking that I, I thought that what we were going to see happen was in this country that most of us claimed to believe in God, or at least did at the time. And most of us were white religious. I thought, here we are. We're going to embrace this man who shares our faith and also looks out for the poor. I saw this thing moving forward and i was like this is great this is this is perfect i was working in public schools around a lot a lot of people who are oppressed and i thought obama was just was great so i noticed slightly after that like this weird thing happened i heard a lot of people say bad about him and i remember saying in several different settings saying yeah but he's a christian and these are people who voted their whole life on the moral majority. People who always voted based upon their ethics and religion. And when I said Obama's a Christian, what was told to me is no, he isn't. And I was like, but the the man claims God. He says, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I am a Christian. And people straight up responded back, well, if you look at like his actions and kind of some of his stances, that's not what Christians believe. And I remember sitting there being shocked because at that point I was 28 years old. And the thing, one of the teachings that was used so often in the evangelical conservative circles that I grew up on is that you cannot judge somebody else's faith. It was told that it is between you and God and you do not know their heart. So I believe that. And I then, because of that, I quieted a lot of thoughts and feelings that I had because I said, who am I to judge this person? This person that I don't think is living uh, a way that t- is like compatible with the Bible as I see or read it. This person I can't judge because you can't judge somebody. It's between them and God. Only God can judge. And then the same evangelical conservative Christians who told me this said Obama is not a Christian. Some people, even though he was claiming God and Jesus and went to a Christian church, said this man is a Muslim. It was thrown that his faith was tied into something that these people did not like. And I remember sitting there and looking at people and saying, are you serious? Like, what the hell are you talking about? How can you say this? This guy is a Christian. Then it happened again in 2012. This time he was running against Mitt Romney. Okay, so you have a Democrat Christian versus a Mormon Republican. And I thought, oh, this will be interesting. You'll get a lot of these people who were only voting on religion. But now if they vote somebody who is a practicing Mormon into office and they don't think that the Mormon faith is a true faith, easy choice. You go with your boy. You go with the home team. But then again, these same people voted for Mitt Romney. They said Obama's faith is not sincere because of things that he says and does. And this is like, again, struck me at the same feeling. It kind of sat dormant after Obama was elected. I didn't think about it, but it came up in 2012 again. And I remember saying, but this man, Barack Obama, President Obama claims God and Jesus. Mitt Romney does not. Mitt Romney claims to be a Mormon. And here you have it where if we go with what they're professing. And if you believe what they say, then another clear cut choice. But that was what I was told. So again, it happened. But this time, instead of letting it sit dormant, I didn't forget it. And I started, I think, listening to the way that people talked differently. Also in... Uh, Right around that time in the 2012 election, I moved from Chicago, Illinois to Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is a quite highly churched, conservative place. And I actually began writing, um, I guess you'd call them devotionals or um, biblical studies or something. These basically, I wrote study guides for groups, small groups to study. I was one of the writers for that. And it was a very interesting experience to me because I had always been told prior to this that the Bible, God is revealed through the Bible. But my first assignment for writing this thing, I had to, as part of it, I had to go and read several different commentaries and things about my piece of scripture. And they were all over the board. One person thought this thing. One person thought the other thing. Somebody else thought a combo of those two. And you could take these scriptures and hear things that seemed fairly obvious have all different interpretations that were all rich and deep. And to me, just opened my eyes. So it's kind of a tangent from the two political things. But what it did is, as I was letting this thing here between the presidential candidates as I was letting it marinate in my own mind and life. I also was doing some pretty in deep, um, scriptural studies, which were interesting to me spiritually and definitely have changed the way that I thought and process. And I did that for a few years, but in 2016, when we had Donald Trump and when he ran for office and not only ran, but won. And he won based basically because of evangelical Christianity. I thought I cannot, I cannot be quiet anymore. I thought this is beyond ridiculous. I thought this man who I watched and I actually laughed and told my brother, on the phone. I saw this and laughed because this interviewer in the Republican debates walks up to him and asks Donald Trump something, like some question, hey, why is this happening? Why are people saying about this? And he says, he looks straight in the camera and he says, without joke or irony, he says, I think it's because of my strong Christian faith. Okay, this man now claims not only Christian faith, but strong Christian faith. And he is now the representative of the United States and the Christian nation. And you have all these people who are more morally and ethically following the ways of Jesus, who claim to be Christians, who go to church every week, who supported this man, who still support this man. And I think there's a point where watching that and seeing that, I just, I cannot stay silent about that anymore. I think that uh, as I've been thinking about that and letting it marinate, I think that what we're getting into here is this point where hopefully things change. But church membership is dwindling. People are, especially young people, are leaving the church in droves. And part of it is because the people who go to the churches claim that Donald Trump is a Christian and he may have a relationship with God. I will not judge. But if you look at the fruits of the action, this man is the face of our faith now. I am a Christian personally. I totally and unapologetically believe in God. And this guy as a leader, claims to have the same faith. Yet he will go on Twitter and he will antagonize a leader in another country talking about he's got bigger bombs, bigger bombs, a bigger button and better button and better weapons on his desk. And that is really unacceptable. He he will take to, to Twitter and he will name call. He will belittle and he goes after the least of these all the time. And that is something that is somebody who cares and tries to take a biblical narrative uh, somewhat seriously and apply these lessons to my life. Somebody who does truly see God as the life source in and through all things. I cannot stand for that. And who I'm talking to and what I want to do in this podcast specifically is those of you who also believe in God and those of you who feel like your faith or not like, yeah, who feel like your faith has been hijacked. I want to say, fuck that. Okay, fuck it. They do not get to, and he does not get to, Donald Trump does not get to define your faith. Evangelical Christianity and Christian churches around the country do not get to define your faith. And these pastors that go on there preaching a very conservative, very one-sided, very one-sided, older, white male, slanted, conservative narrative, they do not get to hijack the faith for us. Okay, God is so much bigger and more amazing than any of that bullshit. Okay, somebody cannot tell you how to relate to God. What I believe is that the image of God is in each one of us. And I think that every person that has ever existed shows something slightly different about the source of it all. And I think that the source of it all, this person that we believe, or this per, like person This being of God is so much bigger that I think what we have to do is be open to the mystery. The mystery is not to be found and told. It's not just these attributes that you have to study each week in school. It's not done one hour a week inside of a four walled building. Okay, the mystery is everywhere. And that's what I want to do here. I want to say, how can we take this faith that has been hijacked? How can we take it back? How do we take the power to the people? How do we spread love? How do we spread kindness? How do we get water to people? How do we get food to people? How do we get love and understanding to people and say, hey, you know what? You matter. Why do you matter? Because inside of you is a divine spark. Inside of you is the image of the divine. And that is what is true. Okay, to me, what the faith is and what we have to do as believers is we have to find that in other people. Our job is not to judge. Our job is to understand. And that is something that is essentially what you can expect to see in this podcast. Sermonically speaking, is me trying to understand. Sometimes what you'll hear is I'll bring in an interview. I mean, I'll bring in a person to interview that has a perspective or a life experience that's maybe way different than what is the common American narrative. Sometimes you might get a sermon, okay? I kind of want to give a few sermons, and I have one that I'm actually really excited to give. Also, sometimes what you'll get is you'll get me just giving an in-depth review on something and thinking through something and trying to say, you know what, what does this mean and what does this tell us? All that stuff I think matters and I think it's important, and that's what sermonically speaking is all about. So, if you find yourself here today because you feel, because you still love God, but you're starting to doubt, or if you feel like this narrative that you always, uh, like this narrative that was in you for a while is now kind of getting boring, I hope you can come here for some spiritual nourishment. If you need a rest from something else, but you still want to, like, you know, think of things in sort of a God ish type way, hey, Great. I'm glad you're here. If you have questions, please send them to therealtombratt at gmail.com. And I will sometimes address them on here. I'll sometimes um, email you back. But basically what I hope is that the millions of us that are becoming slightly disillusioned by the institution of the church do not lose sight of the God that is behind it all.